0: I'm Sylvia Burgos-Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. Man, yeah. it's like really winter out there. It is. Now, the thing that's really interesting about all of this is that usually when we get snows, we eventually get wind. So mm-hmm. we just don't have it piling up on branches the way right. that we do now. Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely great. It looks like something out of, you know, the Glacier National Park or Yellowstone or something like that, where the snow is just hanging on trees, you know, three, four inches uh, high. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, just gorgeous. Well, the the snow is also piling up on uh, the trees at Bullbrook Keep, and while we don't have a lot of pine, we do have a lot of hawthorn. Really? Yes. And hawthorn is a tree... It's a shorter tree, at least in our area, that uh, is found, like, everywhere hmm. in Wisconsin and across most of North America and in many countries overseas. And it's one that we just don't take very much note of. I wonder if I have that and don't even know it. Could be. Hmm. Could be. This morning we have with us, again, Eagle Song Gardner, who is... A passionate advocate and lover of the Hawthorne, and she's coming to us from the state of Washington. Eagle Song, thank you so much for waking up with us this morning. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, it's great. Oh, thank- I don't have such
1: cold that you
0: have. Yeah, well, not a heck of a whole lot of people have the cold that we. <laughs> We're not moderated by any kind of huge body of water right here, right now. So, we, we we tend to get pretty pretty cold. But the hawthorn is something that does well in our our climate, isn't it?
1: It is. I I've seen the hawthorn there.
2: It's
0: beautiful. Yeah. Now, Eagle Song. Just as we get into our conversation, this is part two of a three part series that we're having with you. In the first, we were introduced to hawthorn, and this time we're going to focus on. How it's used, but I thought maybe we take we would take a, a minute or two, just to uh, describe again what a hawthorn is and what it looks like.
1: Oh, that is always so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many hawthorns, and they look different. All uh, a uh, really uh, broad differences, but what most people think of it is the. Uh, Critagus monogonus. It's the one seeded hawthorn that grows pretty much across America and it was introduced from Europe.
0: How would you uh, describe a hawthorn so that people might uh, begin to look for it wherever it is that they live?
1: Well, first, the thing you look for is a, a fruiting or a flowering tree in the spring. The spring is a great time to identify fruit trees in the areas where we live because you can see them. And, and then then once you start to see the flowers blooming on the trees around you, you can hone in on the – and this will happen in around between April and May here in Washington and probably similar over there in, in uh, the Midwest. So you find trees that are blooming with white or pink flowers – and then you look for leaves that are may somewhat mitten-shaped. I like to think of them as, as looking like little mittens. This will be the monogana for several of the native species. And then once you've identified the flowering tree, watch in the fall if it starts to bear fruit. And the hawthorns can be anywhere from black to red to orange uh, in that color frame framework. And they are either, well, mostly in clusters. You'll find the the fruit held in clusters on the trees. So that's roughly. And thorns. Look for the thorns. It is hawthorn because most hawthorns, but not all, have thorns. And the thorns can be anywhere from a quarter inch. I've seen hawthorns with thorns up to two and three inches long.
0: Yes, and that's what I've got on my farm. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I've got the uh, 3-inchers, and I do have a couple that are just 1-inch. You know, it's interesting, um, Eaglesong, that a hawthorn could have such variability. Uh, How many many varieties or species of hawthorn are there?
1: Uh, You know, it all depends on who you talk to. Some people say around 200, and the plantlist.org online says there's closer to 2,700. Huh. And since I've been traveling and really focusing on Hawthorne, I'm leaning towards the 2,000.
0: <laughs> wow. And you have traveled extensively. In fact, part three of our conversation is going to focus on those travels. But for right now, we're taking a look at the okay. usages. So you've got the flowers in the spring. And mm-hmm. now Hawthorne, the flowers look a little bit like apple Blossoms is that? Are they
1: related? Yeah, they are. They're both in the Rosaceae family. I I think of them as sister cousins. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: They're um, they're very closely related, but they are separate species. And so, the Crataegus genus um, in the rose family is where the hawthorns live. The Malus genus is where the apples live. And so. So they're, But they're so similar, the flowers. But hawthorn flowers are generally smaller, and they bloom earlier.
0: Ah, okay. But they are also kind of, are they five-petaled? They are. A
1: rose family tree.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, great. So here we have this tree. And the tree itself, so you've described the flowers, you've described the leaves, and by the way, the leaves can also be quite different in their appearance, according to what you might have on your, you know, in your neck of the woods, Uh, you mentioned them being kind of mitten shaped on my farm, you know, whatever it is that I've got on my farm has a more, uh, it's more kind of oval shaped, but has deeply Uh serrated edges on it.
1: Up near the top. And down at the bottom, if I remember correctly, the edges are not as serrated. Right. And that's very indicative of the native hawthorns of North America.
0: Okay. So we've got all of these varieties, and, and do do we, do we call them species? So, so maybe up to 2,000 species within the cre- Cretaceous Genius? Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. We've got this uh, beautiful flower in the spring, And then can you describe again for us what the berry or the fruit, because it is a fruit, looks like in the fall?
1: In the fall, the fruits come out in clusters. They'll be either uh, black. The native fruits generally bloom and produce fruit earlier than the introduced species. That's a generality, but pretty close. And, And a lot of them are more black. But the ones at your farm were red, and I do believe it's a native species and not an introduced species that you have there, Sylvia. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's a broad, again a broad range. I have one tree that's still filled with fruit. Most of my trees here are have lost all their fruit, and the fruits are about three quarters of an inch around, and they um, and they're more orange than red. Ah. It's, it's a, a, a horticultural species or uh, variety that's used a lot around where I live um, as a street tree.
2: Mm, mm.
1: All right. So, so I've thi- had it for, I don't know, 25 years at my place. But they just put a new development in around us, and they are using that same tree as the street tree in the development. I can't tell you how thrilled I am.
0: My goodness. Man, that is forward thinking.
1: It, it, it's... Um, You know, it's kind of both and. I'm not really happy about the development, but, boy, they just brought a whole lot of hawthorn trees really close to me. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, So the fruit is, you really have to um, look, because there's such a wide variety, and there are a lot of horticultural uh, varieties of hawthorn that people have in their gardens and in city parks. Especially in the Midwest, there seem to be
0: quite a few. Now the fruit of the hawthorn is called a haw, mm-hmm. and it is more like a an apple than a cranberry, um, because it is of that family. Well,
1: it's 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 more like an apple. Yes, it's not a berry. They, they're called hawthorn berries, but technically, it's a fruit, and so. Um, this, the, and that's the other way you can help identify what species you have is by how many seeds are in that fruit. The monogyna, the introduced from Europe one, has one seed. Monogyna, mm. but others can have anywhere from two to five seeds. And so those uh, are the seed The number of seeds are characteristic. They're so small and there's so little um, flesh on them some people have a hard time thinking of them as a
0: fruit. Right. Because the it's size of a hawthorn small fruit has yeah. a
1: lot of seeds.
0: What is the size of a hawthorn fruit?
1: Anywhere from a quarter inch to I was just in Mexico and they're up to 2 inches there.
0: Oh man, really? Wouldn't we'll talk that about be that nice. Next
2: time.
0: <laughs> Whoa, That's that's amazing. So we're looking it is at, amazing. So we're looking at a smaller fruit. Um, for and I feel really lucky then that, that I have so much hawthorn on the farm in order to you collect it and use it. Yeah, I think you're lucky. yeah, all right, so we've got a description of, of this wonderful medicinal tree. So let's talk about the usages. How are the flowers, how are the fruit of hawthorn used, and how have they been used over the years?
1: Well, they're used a lot of ways. That's the beauty of it, is that it's a variable um, genus. It's got a lot of different characteristics, and the uses are equally as diverse. So let's start with the flowers and the leaves because they come first. And flowers and leaves can be harvest, harvested. I harvest on the branch and then take them home, like three foot branches, and stack them in my shop to dry. And when they're half dry, I pick off the flowers and and the leaves, and then that's stored. And and you want them, when you pick them off, you want them to be about three quarters dry, and then let them finish drying on baskets is what we do. And once they're done drying, and they're dry like a cornflake, I put them in a paper bag, and they go in the freezer for a week, at least a week. And that helps to... Um, kill any bugs or any kind of, of um, pests that might be on that flower and fruit because flowers attract insects. It's it's just a good safety uh, measure to protect your flowers by putting them in the freezer. How do you use those flowers and leaves? They make a really quite nice tea, and because it's quite astringent, about the same type of astringency as a black tea you don't use very much to create a cup or a a pot of tea and and so that's the best way to use the flowers well actually and I always use flowers and leaves together I don't separate them then I also make herb vinegar with the flowers and leaves which is one of my favorite herb vinegars to use in cooking throughout the year and that herb vinegar for some reason has a tendency to create mothers
2: mm.
1: or, uh, you know, like on kombucha, that that film that that grows. doesn't do it all the time, but it does it a lot more than other herbs that I use. So I don't know what that's about. I think she's just a, a really good host, let's say that. And I've never found that to be a detriment to the herb vinegar, easy to take off and still use the vinegar. Mm. So vinegar... And tea and tincture. You can also use the flowers and leaves to make tincture. I just fill the jar up with fresh flowers and leaves and then pour vodka, 100-proof vodka, over that and let that steep for anywhere from four to six weeks. And it makes a very good astringent tincture that's rich in bioflavonoids um, in the white range.
0: Hmm. so let me ask you how how would you use that that tincture what would be where in what kind of situations would you go to uh, at a hawthorne tincture
1: right so hawthorne tincture is um, you, you're able to use it by well think first it's an astringent just like black tea it has that same astringent quality so anytime you need it to tone Um, the skin or the internal part of the body, you could use that as a tincture. It's pretty um, safe. You wouldn't think of black tea as dangerous. It's the same with this. It's not a dangerous herb. You can use that. You could use it for a skin wash if you had. You could use, actually, the vinegar would be a little better to use. If you had a sunburn or something that you wanted to pull the heat and fire out of, because the uh, hawthorn's a cooling herb so tincture internally the uh, vinegar externally you could use tincture as well externally but um it's just a more uh what would you say the vinegar is is less expensive so mm-hmm. you can be more uh loquacious with it
0: got it you got it uh, and
1: got- so so that's thing to think about where do you want a stringing tonification of tissue um relieve fire take heat out of something those are ways that you could use the hawthorn flower and leaf
0: oh thank you for that now when you make the the you could make the tea and put that on a hot uh
1: burn or something and you know let the tea cool off and, and use it that way so, so you've got that same astringency through all of your preparations
0: got it when you make the vinegar what would be the steps taken to do that
1: again uh, with the vinegar i filled a jar of fresh herb to the top and then fill it with apple cider vinegar is the vinegar i use because i have easy access to it and a lot of apples grow around here
0: you know that's the beauty of 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 using herbal helpers isn't it you try to use what's available immediately around you because there are so many opportunities to kind of take a look at where it is that you live and begin to recognize some of these friends out there.
1: Really true. And and once we realize that we have a lot of what I call allies out in, the, in nature around us, in our gardens, even in public parks, um, a lot of these beneficial allies are grown on purpose. And so it just helps weave us closer to where we live. We think... Um, we get connected to where we are and we feel more at home because we we know that we can just go outside and wherever we go there's going to be uh plants that will support us in our in our lives
0: well you're not kidding so that's what we have to look forward to in the spring and it really does yeah i don't want to wish away weather or seasons but it's always fun to look forward (laughs) Um, Then what happens as the berries develop What rather, and those are the fruit, the haws, how does one use the fruit?
1: The fruits come in the fall, and they're really, um, again, variable. I have about an eight-week season in the fall here because there's so many different species of hawthorn where I live that my... My picking season goes quite uh, across two months. And generally, one tree will only last for about a week. Mm. But there are trees that the fruits hang uh, long and they stay good for a long time. So that's always nice to know. I know your fruits were on for quite some
0: time, weren't they, Sylvia? Yeah, they were. But, you know, I've got a question. Maybe you can help me be better at this. I see all these red fruit hanging on hawthorne and and i do have a little bit of um of a wave of when things are ripe so i know that it's not all at once when when is it best to pick the fruit when they're nice and shiny and and of the highest color or when they become a little duller well see that
1: that's a, a great question because uh i can't answer it it depends on the fruit it depends on the species and it depends on the weather, all those things. So I just encourage people, when you think the fruit is ripe, start tasting it
2: mm.
1: or even a little before that and and make a note of how it changes over time. So every three or four days, try it again and try it again and try it again until you can say with um, surety that now this fruit is no good. It's, not, it's past its best time. And once you get... Exercise under your belt, you'll be able to figure out what part of the ripening uh, process you like the fruits the best at.
0: Okay, good birds advice. Birds
1: don't usually eat them. Robins are the exception; they'll eat them when they're fresh, but you know, in the, and right at the peak of their season. But a lot of birds won't eat the hawthorns until later, like right now with snow and cold. Those fruits that hang on the tree for a long time, in fact, I like to think that after the 31st of, of October, the fruits belong to the birds, mm. and, and that way we make sure everybody gets their share, but, um, but I, like I said, I've got a, a tree out there right now. I could go pick the fruit right now, and it's, it's, it's cold, and it's been cold for a long time, but those fruits are still good. They'll hold on the tree for a long time here in Washington. Wow. So, so again, you have to test the trees that, that are in your area and get to know them. It's a really fun exercise to go out and taste those fruits through time, and you'll get a, a good sense of when you're going to want to pick them going forward. This is the way I, I learn and the way I learned and the way I teach herbs is that you get involved. You get, you get like, front and center and you go out there and you and you get involved you taste them you taste them over time and you start to see how the astringency changes how how the bitter starts to become more sweet uh it's a really a fun way to get to know a plant go out and get to know your plants and and know that they have different qualities through time and you'll become a very good herbalist
0: thanks for that well well, if you're
1: already a very good herbalist, you'll get better.
0: <laughs> no, no, thank you. So here we've got, we've only got about five minutes left, but I'd, I'd like yeah. you to just begin to tell us how would we use the fruit? Because I've well, tasted some of your stuff, and it's just fantastic.
1: I know. It, it's really true, and it's partly because I have an amazing hawthorn in the valley where I live that actually lives nowhere else. And uh, at least in the six countries I've been to, I have not seen it anywhere else. And it has, it's a very dark black, and it's a rich, fruity fruit. And so we make oxymil out of that one. But you can use any of the hawthorns to do a, oxymil as a honey vinegar um, extraction. And I actually extract in the vinegar first and then strain out the vinegar that's rich with the flavor of the hawthorn then I add the honey to taste, and some people mix them together, but my preference is to do it in two stages so I can, I basically get all my honey back that way. Mm. And and so oxymel is a great way. It's it's a sweet, sour taste, and it's wonderful in uh, salad dressings or stir fries. You can use it in fizzy water just to give a nice taste. Uh, cold beverage in the summer, hot beverage in the winter, and a great way to get the hawthorn into people. Because the thing about hawthorn, the the danger I see is if people think of it as medicine, then they don't use it like food. Mm. Hawthorn's benefit is to be used often and regularly as a food in the diet, and that way, you continually get the benefits of this plant. They don't. Um, well, that what they do is they, they help bring the body into a healthier state over time and keep it there when you use it on a continued basis. So I think of it more as a food, and when I use the food, I won't have to necessarily think of it as a medicine, but either way, you can use it. And so um, you can use it as you can make a jam, jelly. A lot of people make jelly out of it. There's a hawthorn up in Canada on Manitoulin Island, and uh, Manitoulin Island is known, the people that are born there are known as haw eaters, and you can find that hawthorn jelly there. It's uh, um, it's endemic to the island, you could say. It's, it's a really fun thing, but anyone can make hawthorn jelly out of hawthorn, and out of any hawthorns as well. And then um, we make a punch in the winter with the hawthorn we mix it with apples and cinnamon and it's a fruit punch it's really nice this time of the year and so that goes together with dried apples fresh oranges and it's a a really good holiday um beverage we'll talk more about that when we when we go to mexico next time Mm -hmm. and uh what other ways do i make it oh I, i actually this year Made it into hawthorn butter, hawthorn chudney, and right on down to hawthorn leather, the fruit leather. Oh. And that was a, a great hit. Everyone really likes the kids, really love the fruit leather.
0: I know a lot of adults that really liked it, too, when we were at that herb conference together.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it was one of my, um, I, I think of them as bingos. It was a bingo this year. <laughs> it's a lot of, you, uh, you know, it's a lot of effort to make fruit leather. So it's nothing I would ever see as a marketable
0: thing. But I really love making it and watch my grandkids eat it. Great. You know, one of the things that I've started doing quite a bit of uh, is making a hawthorn decoction, which is a tea made with the dried fruit. So you have yeah. to actually simmer it for quite a while and let it sit for a while. But that's uh, I'm using that as a, as a everyday kind of tea for uh, yeah, my you. husband and myself.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's great if you do it in a thermos. Good idea. Put the fruit in at night and pour boiling water in and let it steep overnight and then drink it in the morning. It's really, It really intensifies the flavor, and you don't have to sit at the stove and watch it decoct.
0: I love it. I love it. <laughs> I do, too. Herbal yeah. tea hack. Okay, we'll definitely do that. Well, we're coming to the end here I, I Eagle Song, which is, I've, I'm finding that like almost impossible. How is it that we have all this conversation? It just flies by. Yeah. But where can people go to find out more about the Hawthorne and about what you do? Because you've got some great teaching online.
1: Well, we have um, eaglesong gardener.com is my website, which is just in the midst of being refurbished and uh, to go up for the year. And then uh, hardyhawthorne.com is another place people can go for information about Hawthorne and also to buy Hawthorne products that we make here at Ravencroft. Um, and then we have an online course called uh, the Hardy Hawthorne Adventure that goes once a year. We'll probably be doing that in May this year. The Hardy Hawthorne Adventure is a lot of practical hands-on Lot of um, slides of different hawthorns that people might come across in their neighborhoods because there's so many. And um, yeah, it's a, a great way. So, Eaglesong Gardener, Eaglesong Gardener.com, hardyhawthorn.com will get you to uh, more information about the hawthorn. We're going to do an, a, an attempt this year to make grafted trees. Of what we call the golden girl the one that i use for the Oxy Mill, sylvia uh-huh. and and see if we can get grafted trees out to people this year and get that hawthorn out in the world more
0: put me on your list all put right. me on your list all
2: right well
1: so, thanks an uh, awful lot yeah Eagle's great song. talking to you i love to, to bring hawthorn to the world in so many ways
0: right and if you're a listener please uh Take note that I'll be posting when it is that we'll be chatting with Eaglesong Gardner once again, part three, where she talks about her travels to Hawthorne all across the world. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews, to learn about my farm, and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.